What's up, everybody? It's Chad. I'm back again with another episode of Ask Chad Grassy Logic. We're here on the second season. I'm here with my buddy, Adrian, a.k.a. Hash of the Holy. Thank you for joining me today, buddy. Thanks for having me, buddy. Of course, man. You know, and you drove up from El Paso, too, so I appreciate that. No worries. Yeah, no worries. Happy to be here for sure. Yeah, heck yeah, man. So um, if you guys know who he is, if you don't, you know, you're going to learn a lot more today. So um, as I said, you know, thank you for joining me. Um, today, we don't have uh, a sponsor or anything. So we're just going to get on into the episode. So uh, today we're going to be talking about my buddy here. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Well, um, I'm, I'm from El Paso, um, West Texas. As, as, as you said, I came from there. Um, I mean, I was born and raised there. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a content creator, uh, short form, Instagram mostly. Um, where I find myself in the cannabis industry is, I think, how kind of everyone else does, you know. Just a teenager getting into getting into adventures and stuff like that, um, but through like what I do, uh, content creation, videography, photography, and stuff, you know, um, you know, as a user and stuff, and you know, seeing the medical benefits of cannabis is where I kind of find myself here today, as far as just you know my creativity, uh, glass collecting, um, uh, advocacy, especially you know uh, legally and uh, getting. Um, the states, you know, hopefully uh, um, more legalized as we go, yeah. and just seeing, I was seeing how much I can help doing nice. that for sure. Nice. So, what got you into the cannabis industry? Um, I would say like would it would definitely be like more of like the the, the creative um, uh, content creation mm, okay. uh, stuff. Um, a lot of my background, I guess you can say, with content creation was uh, it started in, in 2020 during COVID and stuff like that. Um, not a lot of people know this, but I am big into fashion as well. Um, during that time, uh, I was really into more of like the vintage fashion, you know, cottage core kind of stuff. And so I was doing TikTok stuff, but mostly for, um, for men's fashion, like okay. suit fashion, all that. And... Um, <clears throat> uh, it kind of fizzled out over, over time. Um, did really didn't think I would ever do it again, but, um, through from, through like my, my girlfriend, you know, some, some friends and stuff, you know, seeing what I do and what I can do, uh, content creation, you know, kind of came back, but for the cannabis industry, um, mostly kind of like the glass collecting and seeing what I can do as far as my stuff. And then once I really started to meet, you know, more of the community, especially like you, um, more like, uh, kind of like the West Texas advocates and stuff, you know, more of, you know, New Mexico advocates, especially with the, uh, with the, uh, town hall sesh, uh, yeah. sesh meetings that you run, you know, I really found a niche of wanting to be more of like an advocate, um, for the cannabis industry and seeing where I can help and where my creativity can also, uh, benefit from that too. Yeah. Um, and see how much I can, you know, help. Essentially. <laughs> no, that's great because, you know, there's a lot of people who ask, you know, how do I get started? How do I get involved in you know, advocacy and stuff like that? You know, and a lot of people have the capabilities now. They just need to know how. And the easiest way how is just showing up, mm -hmm. following people like myself and yourself, you know, who, um, you know, who are doing advocacy, you know, in you and your journey, you know, starting and everything. They can maybe get a lot of good tips, you know, because... My journey started, you know, over a decade ago, um, you know, so I don't have all that recorded for everybody, but I can just give you the tips and information that I know from experience. Um, but yeah, you know, that, that's, that's something great because, you know, that's something that people need to hear and say because, you know, it is, 
a little daunting to get into the advocacy world. You know, it, there's a lot that goes into it, you know, and there's a lot of uh, personal time and uh, yeah. funds that go into <laughs> it as well. Most definitely. I mean, you, you, you hit it right on the head, but uh, there, it, getting into it, you know, it, it is a lot of, it's, it's, it's a lot of time consumption. It's a lot of dedication and stuff, but just like, just like you said, first off is I would say like 80% of it is just showing up. Yeah. It's just showing up yeah. and it's, it's, that's, that's the start of it. And once you start it, it gets, it, it just opens up everything yeah. for sure. Cause you know, I, I try to tell people, you know, it's like about 98% showing up cause you're only speaking for like maybe two minutes. Sure. You know, like, mm -hmm. and so you're like, literally, even if you want to speak, you know, so like, you know, the, the 98% just show up, exactly. you know, as long as you're there. And then like, I keep telling people too, you know, the legislators were thanking us for showing up to the legislature in Santa Fe. Like, thank you. You know, the cannabis industry people that were there, mm -hmm. you know, thank you guys for showing up, please, you know, have more of you guys show up to these, please, please. You know, um, you know, we're, we're thankful you guys are here. You know, they, they work for us. So, yeah. you know, that's something that you guys, you know, we need to remember. And don't get me wrong, there's some legislators that need to be reminded of that too. But, you know, there's a lot who understand that and understand that they're doing the job for us and they do work for the people. And they want us there to hear our input because they did take it um, and use it. You know, they, they, they took what we told them and they said, you know what, that's, that's true. You know, mm -hmm. and so they went from there. Definitely. But, you know, that, that's cool that, you know, you're getting started on that. Um, and we'll talk more about advocacy actually here in a second. For sure. Um, so boots, I wanted to talk about that for a second. Yeah, you know, and I'm okay. not calling you boots. <laughs> uh, <laughs> used to work, you know, with a lot of leather and boots in the industry. Yes. So do you care to, you know, touch on that? I know this is a cannabis show and everything. Yeah. But you actually did a lot of really cool shit in your time in doing that. I did. Yeah, so you care to share a little bit? Sure. So, so yeah, like, like you know, you know, my name's Adrian, but everyone does call me cowboy. reason why everyone calls me cowboy is before I was in the cannabis industry, I, I was in the boot industry. Um, my family uh, does come from the boot industry. Uh, on my sister's side, they, they worked for, uh, for some makers over there, and you know, I just kind of followed suit in my way. But you know, I, I worked everything from the background of things to, to upfront, you know, slinging boots to doing, you know, um, VIP uh, clientele liaison and stuff, you know, making sure that the com communication between between um, customer to factory is um, there's no, you know, s pulling out all the stops, making sure there's no miscommunication, anything like that. And uh, yeah, I've gotten to to experience a lot of cool things. I've gotten to see a lot of cool um, uh, designs. I've gotten to be a part of a lot of those projects. You know, I've seen I've I've sold boots at a hundred bucks, and I've sold forty five thousand dollar boots. Like it's it is nuts. It's cool. And I've met celebrities. I've done all that. And it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty dope. It's Cause, awesome. Because in El Paso, you know, uh, one of the, or if not the, one of renowned boot makers is in El Paso. Correct. And yeah. that's exactly who I worked for. A lot of people don't know this, but, but El Paso is the boot capital of the world. You know, I, I can't really put a number, you know, of, of how many are made, you know, out of the city. Because, you know, everyone's, you know, a little bit different. But you know, there's a rich culture in just boot making in El Paso. And yeah. that comes from especially Mexico. You know, Mexico yeah. is, is one of the hearts of cobbling in the world, you know, compared to, well, well, also with, you know, Italy and other places. But, you know, because of that culture here, you know, boots are, boots are everywhere. And uh, yeah. that company actually will make uh, New Mexico governor's boots sometimes. Uh, actually, uh, Governor King, I think, <clears throat> who... 
I think was governor three times uh, in the state, if not, you know, a couple more, because at one point we didn't have a limit of how many times you could be governor. He actually has a pair of Lucases or had that were yellow, New Mexico, yeah. you know, and they're, they're New Mexico theme. I think he even had the Z and the 505 or something like mm-hmm. that on it. And, you know, they're pretty cool. Um, it's actually funny that you do mention that because the, the person, the person that I know who actually designed those, who's been with that company for over 40 years, um, I know exactly which one that you're talking about, and I've yeah. seen that design. Yeah. And now I know who that's for, and that's nuts. Like yeah. I'm like, wow, small world. <laughs> that's pretty dope. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Like, it was like one of our old governors, you know, who nice. had that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. and a lot, of, you know, a lot of governors and stuff like that. They'll get boots, especially here in New Mexico. Oh, yeah. um, You know, and mm-hmm. they trek down to El Paso or you know other places like that. So yeah, it's pretty cool to you know talk about that. And you know, who knows? There might be people in the cannabis industry you might be seeing wearing Luke Casey's around too. So I just thought that was something cool we could touch on um you know you, you got to meet a lot of cool people yeah. and, you know and a, it was a pretty cool thing so you know the, the the boots thing but you felt more of a draw towards cannabis huh you started to kind of feel like a pull away from it or like I, what kind of happened i mean i would like my kind of i guess work ethic or i i my my kind of what i want to get out of life is it's just not if if i want to get myself involved into something it's because i have a passion for it I think that's how we should all do something. Like, I think if you're doing something that's that's that is that is you know not beneficial for your life, why are you doing it? Yeah. So, like for me, you know, I I love you know you know Western fashion. I love boots. You know, like I said, I love you know you know just fashion culture. But you know things you you know things happen. Life happens. You know you know chapters close and stuff. And you know my passion just shifted more towards the cannabis industry and. The, the community that we have here, you know, it, even though, you know, you know, not everyone's going to get along, but I feel like this community that we have here um, so far is one of the closest. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, personally, for me, you know, a lot of people that I have met, you know, including you, including a lot of other people, you know, online, you know, in, you know, in person at sessions, you know, you know, there's, there's, there's just so much more passion, you know, so much more love, you know, that, that I have never, ever gotten anywhere else. And, just from that sheer support, you know, I feel I am where I belong. And, you know, uh, what I'm doing, you know, with my content creation, it's what I love. And I see, you know, other people are really loving it. You know, I had, I want to say back in December and stuff, you know, I, I, I had, I had, you know, some, some, some rocky stuff happened in my life and whatnot. And, you know, that I kind of touched on a little bit, like on my page, but, you know, when I reached out to the people that I did and, you know, they, you know, gave me those pep talks, you know, I talked to you as well, you know, we had our little talk and stuff and I knew right then and there, I knew exactly where I was supposed to be. Yeah. And, uh, that's, that's where I'm at and that's where, where I want to go now. For nice. Sure. Nice. Yeah. So, you know, you recently started working for a company we don't have to talk about it, but you mm-hmm. know, do you, do you want to talk about the position that you hold right now or? Oh uh, yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm just pre-packing right now. <laughs> like, I mean, I, you know, you sorry know, I, bottom, right? <laughs> yeah, sorry from the bottom now we're here, but, <laughs> but like, uh, but you know, everywhere and you know, you, you, you start everywhere, you know, yeah. you, you got to start somewhere and you know, where it's at, you know, I'm having fun, you know, yeah. it's cool. You know, I'm getting to know. Uh, you know, even just pre-packing, you know, I'm getting more familiarized with, with product and what New Mexico, you know, growers and, you know, different brands have to offer. And, you know, you, 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 you can kind of know and you see where the quality is, you know, what people are bringing to the table, what kind of new, new innovations are coming through. And, you know, I, even though it's just, you know, I wouldn't even say it's small because it's still an important job, but, you know, it's, it's, it's dope. I love it. It's, 
it's really cool. It's awesome. <laughs> That's all I can really say. Like, yeah. it's, it's just really, really cool. And it's very, very fascinating. And you kind of see where everyone else's, you know, kind of life stories come into play. And yeah, uh, yeah it's it's dope. Well, you know, the, the best leaders come from people who have done it hands on. Exactly. So, you know, exactly. That's, that's the only really way to, to know and get it. You know, I already did my time doing all that years ago, so thank God. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but well, welcome to the industry full time, man. You, you know, bro. like thank I, you, it's, it's great you. to have you here and everything. So uh, you, you keep, you know, we, we keep talk, coming back to the content thing. So let's talk about that a little bit. What kind of content, you know, have you been creating lately? You know, we talked about a little bit of advocacy, but you know, there's been some other good stuff too. I mean, my my kind of aspect and, and what I've learned over content creation is that there's no really which way that you have to kind of stick with. Yeah. Um, I think once you start to kind of limit yourself, you know, you, 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 you kind of start to put yourself in your own kind of forced writer's block. Yeah. And you don't really get to... Um, you really don't get to explore and, you know, expand your potential on what you can learn. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing that I will say is, is I, I feel I put out really good content, you know, not just, you know, what I'm doing, but just the quality, the lighting, um, the angles, you know, everything, you know, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist and it's kind of gross, but the, it, it the, looks great. Thank you. Your content comes out amazing. I, I'm jealous of it. You know, I'm like, oh, thank man, you. it looks so good. And, and, <laughs> you know, this looks great, too. I'm just talking Instagram. <laughs> but, but what the funny thing is, is like, I, am, I, I didn't go to school for it. Yeah. You know, I self-taught myself. And I'm, I mean, I'm smart, but I'm not, I'm not like Albert Einstein whatsoever. The, the biggest thing is, is that I'm just trying, I'm learning and I keep doing it. And it doesn't matter what I film, I just film. Yeah. And, you know, either if that clip is, you know, 20 seconds long or like a minute and a half, like it's, I'm having fun with it and I'm yeah. able to use it any which way and I'm learning every day. Yeah. I think that's what everyone else can do too. Like it's, you know, short form, long term, just create, yeah. you know, that's yeah. the best thing that I can say. Exactly. And like with me, you know, like I, I, I do get creative, but I am so busy. I wish I could sit there and make all these lavish videos and everything. <laughs> I'm so lucky to have people like Gino where I can just walk in the studio, host the podcast and then leave and go do all the other stuff I got to do. So, you know, I'm appreciative of You're that. You're welcome. <laughs> There's Gino in the other room. He's in his little closet. Um, <laughs> just kidding. He's right here. Um, but, you know, I just I want to get the information out to people and, you know, people like you pretty it up you know, make it look better. And, you know, I'm just the guy, you know, I'm, I'm used to being the Intel collector guy. I'm just getting the information out. Um, and then it's figured out some other way and dispersed throughout there. So, you know, I, I really want to make it pretty, but dang, I just don't have enough time. And you know what? You somehow figure out the time and, and you know, the know-how and everything to do it. So, you know, I commend you for that. That's for sure, you, you know, because there's been a couple times where like, You've taken what I've information I've given, and I'm like, oh, oh, he made this way cooler. Share all day. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's also ADHD too, man. Yeah. Like, oh, like, I got it too. I get I'm, you. <laughs> <laughs> just like, like I'll I'll just be randomly doing stuff, and then I'm like in like a conversation. I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, oh yeah. And how do you feel about that? And I'm just like editing, and and it happens, and it's 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 it like 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 with Ricky Bobby, um, Talladega Nights. I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah. yeah, the car felt soft, really smooth. It was good. <laughs> That's, coming up. That's pretty much how it is, just with editing. But like yeah. you know, you know, a lot of times when I'm editing, I, you know, I'm I'm like you know can't sleep, you know, days off, lunch breaks. You know, if a lot of times like if you're passionate, like like and like I said, it's you'll 
when when you're doing something you love, you don't feel like you're working. No. And you know it's cliche, but like you know if you know, I love editing, so like I'll get stuff done, but there are times where I have to sit down and like hey. You've got to edit. Let's do this. So it's yeah. like, okay, let's 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 take this rip and then let's get to editing. And I'm yeah. just you know kind of brain dead, just you know editing, but we get it done. Yeah, we definitely get it done. It's the same sure. with the script, you know. If you guys or my guide, if you guys don't know, I do it day of the show, just in case anything changes or something happens right before the show. And it's happened a bunch of times. So I'm glad that I do this this style, but. I have to sit down and I have to do the whole thing. It goes up to seven pages sometimes. Um, and not all that content's used and that, you know, whatever, but there's a lot in there. Uh, so it's the same thing, you know, like sure. you have to sit down and, but you know, it doesn't feel like work at the end of it. You know, no. like, it's just like, oh, this is something I love. And some of it is just off the top of the head. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we make sure on this. Oh, yep, that's right. You know, and I'm yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's how I'm with editing too. I'll edit everything, and I'm like, okay, cool, cool. Here's the base. Okay, now let's let's detail, and yeah, that's how it works. So yeah. It's, yeah, right on par. And yeah. this guide, amazing. I was nervous as hell. This guide is helping a lot. <laughs> like, like for real. Like, yeah. like this, I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> this is made by a person with ADHD, so that's the reason why. Hell yeah. Fanat, fantastico. So. But yeah, anyway, thank you for that and sharing. You know, that was a fun conversation. But let's let's talk a little more about advocacy. Um, and, and you've been a little new to it. Mm -hmm. So what are some tips that you can give somebody other than showing up um, who's trying to get into advocacy? Maybe they do content creation. Maybe they do something else. What What's some advice you can give them just diving into it? Uh, so, so first off, the one, just showing up to education. That is going to be the biggest thing. I mean... I think we've all kind of been down that road where either in work or in life where it's kind of like the blind leading the blind. Yeah. And you know, like as an advocate, you know, I'm not going to say I'm I'm not going to say I know everything because I don't know everything. I'm pretty sure I can speak for you too. I mean, you've been in the industry way longer than me and there are stuff that you're still learning about. I'm not going to learn know. everything until the day I die. Exactly. Yeah. You hit it right on the head. So <laughs> it's so it's it's knowing like kind of you know, your education, but knowing why you're doing it and, you know, for, for, and for who you want to do it for too. Like, you know, and, and other than just, you know, you know, cannabis as well, I am very, you know, big in the, in the disabled community as well. Um, one of my past jobs too, I was a, uh, I was a job coach, you know, um, and doing all that for people with disabilities in the job for, in the, in the, you know, looking for jobs and stuff. Uh, my girlfriend is also, you know, in the disabled community as well. Um, so it's just, you know, knowing the education and, you know, advocating for, you know, what needs they need, whether it be in the cannabis industry or just in general, just to have a better way of life, you know, and it's just knowing, you know, okay, here are these problems, you know, let's read about it. Yeah. And, you know, you read about it and, you know, you can have discussions, you know, through content creation, you know, this is, you know, you can be like, Hey, this is what's going on. This is how I feel. What do you feel about it? So, you know, it's, it's knowing your education, um, and, and using that correctly and not in, you know, ways that are going to harm other people, um, or, you know, belittle other people, um, but, you know, still doing it in a creative way. Um, that's, that, that's going to be the biggest thing is just the education for sure. Um, yeah. yeah. Education takes time. I've been doing it this does. for 11 years. I'm still learning things. There's things that we learned that were incorrect that we found out through science. You know, so like, you know, the sativa indica thing. Well, these days things are so mixed. It's not really sativa or indica. Yeah, it's like, all yeah. hybrid, you know. It's very rare to run into a, a true or pure land race that is a true indica, true sativa. So, you know, mm -hmm. there's things like that. So now it's like, oh, dang it. Now we got to change that, you know. Yeah. Or, and then we found out last year, season one, episode one, um, I told everybody, 
we're using the wrong term for cannabis plants. We're calling it strain. It's actually cultivar. You know, when we're talking about, you know, the names and the, and the different types. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to go too into that and confuse anybody, but yeah, uh, the real term is cultivar. Um, it is acceptable because, you know, it's been used for so long. Yeah. You know, and so a lot of old heads will probably argue like, oh, I'm never going to use anything else. It's like, well, that's fine. But, yeah. you know, the correct <laughs> term is this. I'm going to use it. So sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like stigmas and stigmas. It's kind of yeah, weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stigma within a stigma. <laughs> <laughs> kind of how we, we, we moved away from marijuana and we're using cannabis now. You know, yeah, we, exactly. I love the fact that we're using cannabis because yes. that's its name. Um, you know, like it's call it for what it is, you know, and now we're starting to see the same thing with magic mushrooms, you know, it's mm -hmm. being called psilocybin, psilocybin you know, yeah, like, you instead know, of shrooms. Yeah. Or yeah. Shrooms. Yeah. Some people still like, Oh, shroomies. But you know, for the most part, I'm hearing psilocybin, psilocybin, you know, the yeah. conversation of, so, you know, and that's, that's a conversation for another day. Um, cause today I was actually on a radio show for, to help with uh, the group I'm, um, associated with, with the uh, psilocybin push. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So, How'd that go? Uh, it went great, man. That's it was perfect. cool. You know, there are a bunch of older people and I think that's what their audience is. And you know, I'm like, no, this is great because we found out through the medical cannabis and even just regular recreational cannabis, a lot of the users, majority of them are old people, you know, and, and I shouldn't say old people, elderly people, um, you know, 60 plus. Not you, Gino. Um, <laughs> uh, 60 plus. And so um, a lot of those people are benefiting right now. And so those people will continue to benefit with the psilocybin. So, mm -hmm. and, and other demographics too, of course, you know, not just them, but you know, they're, they're one of the major ones that we found out that was surprising um, that, you know, we thought it was going to be the younger crowd, but it ended up being the older crowd that ended up being the heavy user. Of oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and the thing is too, is that that just goes to show also, you know, medicinally, medically, how much cannabis helps, Yeah. you know, and just, and just research and stuff, you know, and, you know, just learning still about it even today, you know, and, and even, you know, working in the industry. So, you know, such a short period of time so far, um, just seeing that demographic that comes to the store, like it, it is mostly an, you know, uh, an older crowd and yeah. it's very, very intriguing. And, you know, just to hear their stories too, uh, it, with the plant, it's, it's yeah. dope. It's cool. Yeah, it is, you know, and, and maybe, you know, with your dope gear, you can, you know, get their stories before they pass, you know, about this and everything, mm -hmm. because I think it, that's kind of important. You know, they are our, our, our elders and, you know, they do have stories and they, they have been around a very long time. You know, some of them have been around since the, the drug war started, you know, like, yeah. you know, and they can share a lot and we can learn a lot from that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's, there's that part of advocacy is the historical part. Um, and, you know, we have to make sure we get that right. Sometimes I even mess up and have to check and Valerie will kick me in the ass and tell me that I got something wrong. I'm like, oh, my bad, Valerie. I should have known better. <laughs> um, you know, so, because she's been around a long time too. And that's mm -hmm. another person that I really want to make sure her story is told because there's a lot of history that that woman has. And, you know, I feel like people like you are capable and able to capture those moments and, you know, those people and everything. So yeah, that's something I'd like to see a little bit more is our elders that kind of pat that pave the way for this kind of, you know, get remembered and their stories get told. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and Valerie has, has, is actually been on my radar, um, as far as wanting to tell her story, especially my first time going to the, to the, to the industry, uh, to the town hall and, uh, sesh meetings, like just hearing, uh, her speak was, it was, it was, it was intriguing and moving and, and like, like with my content creation, what I want to do right now, like what I did for Royal Roads, you know, kind of telling their story and stuff in that video, that's what I want to do for like a lot of other people, uh, prominent figures in yeah. our area too. And Valerie is definitely one that, that's, that's going to be a, I, I definitely want to talk to her for sure on that. In the words of Val, far out. <laughs> <laughs> So, and, and speaking back to this, you know, 
Um, and this is for the people getting and started again. What made you want to get involved? What made you what made you want to get involved more um, with the advocacy side? You know, what, what were you seeing something lacking? You know, what was it? I would definitely say, like, for sure, Valerie's story. Um, that's one. Um, some like especially for 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 cannabis and ending the stigma of how like it's not a gateway drug. Um, like I keep on touching on it, you know, the medical, the medical benefits of it, um, on, you know, how it just betters, you know, you, you know, it betters, um, everyone's way of life essentially, you know, it, there, there are so many worse, you know, you know, you know, drugs out there, you know, so many, you know, different, you know, ways of like influencing into worse, you know, situations, whether it be, you know, you know, hard drugs or, you know, even, you know, other sorts, you know, forms of addictions and stuff like that, you know, you know, you know, ending the stigma with cannabis, you know, is, 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 is number one. So, so hearing those stories of, you know, just, um, uh, you know, you know, wrongful, you know, convictions or, you know, harsh convictions over, you know, you know, you know, cannabis and stuff, you know, it's just ridiculous. And, you know, it sucks now that even today, uh, especially in Texas, you know, you know, Texas is, is the highest state with the, uh, with, with cannabis arrests. And one thing that I will say too, you know, with Selman Park, you know, Selman Park is making a lot of money. They're just rolling. I For 17,000 people, yes. they're making a lot of money. That city is improving yes. at a fast rate, hence the name Little Dubai. And, yeah, and and and, and 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 you just hit it on the head. Seventeen thousand, right, is the population. Yeah, I mean it's growing, but yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And but but I will say for how much money they are making, there is no way that all seventeen thousand people are putting that money into something park. Yeah. Oh, and, and even statewide, you know, yes. I think over half of our sales come from out of state, aka Texas. Yes. You know, and I think northern New Mexico doesn't realize that. There's a lot of things northern New Mexico doesn't realize. Um, that southern New Mexico and you know eastern southern New Mexico realize that the state doesn't is that we make a lot of money in the state. You know, not with just like the oil fields and military presence that we have. There's only one military installation up north, and then there's like two scientific installations up there. Mm -hmm. um, south, we have whew, we have White Sands Missile Range, we have Holloman Air Force Base, we have Cannon Air Force Base. Um, we also have um, Health Staff, which is a testing facility. Then you have RATSCAT, which is on Holloman Air Force Base. Then mm -hmm. you have the high-speed test track that's on uh, Holloman Air Force Base as well. So you have all this stuff yeah. down there. And Holloman Air Force Base alone, now this is a statistic from back when I was in high school in 2006. Back then, they made a million dollars a day. And that's from the contracting and everything that the, you know, the military sells its weaponry. Um, and so now they're probably making even more mm -hmm. money a day. So you, know, you, you got to keep that in mind. Um, so that's just one Air Force base in the area. Yes. You have White Sands Missile Range. They have their own customers. That's Army. That's not even Air Force. It's a different branch. So I don't know how much they make they pull in here, but there's a lot of customers that come from there. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that the North hasn't figured out yet is that they need the South just as much as we need the North. You exactly. Know? Like we need each other. But the difference down here in Las Cruces, about 60 mile radius, there's about 3 million people, you know, which is significantly more than what's in the state. We only have about 2.1 million. Um, so that's another thing that the North hasn't really realized is that there's more people down here, but most of them don't live in the state exactly. and they come from a state with more money and they come from a state with more populace. And so they're coming to a smaller state with less money, mm -hmm. you know, and they're just feeding us money, dude. And it's <clears throat> great. And it's great yep. to see, you know, Sunland Park, 
doing great because I don't know if a lot, if you know, or a lot of people know just a few years ago, Sunland Park was the most corrupt city in the state. If not the exactly. nation, the yeah. federal government had to take over for a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, that's how bad it got. So, you know, they're really turning around. Things are looking better and it's mostly due solely to cannabis, you yeah. know, and that's, that's a really good story. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And there's a reason why the nation is talking about Sunland Park. Exactly. And I think that's also a more, a more testamental to, especially Texas. I mean, yeah, to Texas. Cause, cause like it, it, it shows that, you know, even, you know, Texans coming over to, to Sunland Park to buy cannabis is showing that Texans do want cannabis. And, you know, right now I'm, you know, you know, you know, Texas is, you know, kind of in the kind of this wild west sort of thing. I'm just gonna touch on a little bit with the whole THCA thing. And that's yeah. the whole big thing just nationwide right now. No, that's a great conversation. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, but, but, you know, right now it's just, it's just that wild kind of goose hunt right now with like the THCA thing in Texas with, you know, you know, you know, some of the park, you know, some of that money coming from another state. So it's, it's all these things just leading up and showing like, Hey, are you going to, to, to touch on this? Yeah. Are you going to look at, it? are you just, are you, are we going to end the stigma? Are we done turning a blind eye? Yeah. Like face it. <laughs> right. Right. Come on. Yeah. Legalize yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's like, what's going on? Cause there's yeah. a push for decrim and, and mm -hmm. a bunch of cities in Texas, you know, of course the state, they're not budging uh, on that, but no, individual cities and um, residents from those areas are really pushing for decrim and some of them are winning. And of course the state AGs don't like that. The local no. AGs don't like that. You know, and so there's a big push for suing. Um, and Texas is just in its own world. You yeah. know, they just refuse to, you know, progress, you know, to what everyone, I wouldn't say what everyone else is doing, but like what we found out wasn't the case on certain things. Like, okay, cannabis isn't the devil. So can we please stop, you know, treating it that way? Exactly. Know? We do need to progress on certain things, you know, mm -hmm. and they just do not want to budge, even if it's for their own good, you know, like even if it's for their better, like. If they said you're going to get a gajillion dollars with this industry, they're going to say no just because of the stigma exactly. that's stuck behind it. Mm -hmm. um, so, but yeah, but, but thank you for that conversation, man. That, mm -hmm. that was really good, and it really um, might help some people out. You know, Definitely. like and kind of clarify some things in their head. Um, but you know, here's another one of the last conversations I actually want to talk to you about the heady community and everything. You know, let, let's talk about the heady community, hash rosin. Okay. You know, which extracts are your favorite? Oh, that's hard. <laughs> you're asking, you're, oh God. Okay. So, um, oh, that's really, really hard. I mean, if, if there's, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a terp chaser. Okay. Just like, just like, okay. I want to say, just like, uh, I want to say every other, you know, person that, that labels himself, you know, a, a, a concierge, you know, the I for me I really can't you know stick on a certain brand or anything like that. The biggest thing that I can say is is I will buy what you know what I love, and I think that's what everyone needs to go based off of. And this comes sort of like just in kind of like the boot industry too. What I've learned, you know, you know, I strive to kind of be a perfectionist. You know, even though it's very very you know it's it's not good, but you know. You know, when it comes to you know, the, you know, visually or how I like things, you know, you're there. Nothing's ever going to be perfect. Yeah, everything's an experience. And if there are certain brands that you like, like, um, like for flower, you know, there's 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 a certain person, you know, a certain brand, you know, a certain you know cultivator that I love for flower. There are certain cultivators that I love for hash, but. I go to them because of consistency, but I know some terps are going to be like this, and you know some terps are just going to be booth. But 
The thing is, is like every time that we either, every time we buy flour or hash or whatever, which way we consume, we are paying for an experience. Yes. Plain and simple. And now, expense is important. Exactly. Now, is there a booth out there? Yes, there is booth yes. out there. Yeah. Yes, is there auto flower out there? Yes, there is auto flower out there. There is just stuff that should not be in the in like being sold. Like I'm I'm not gonna lie. But we pay for an experience, and you know qual you know you you pay for quality. That's the best thing that I can say. You know you get what you pay for. So you know. You know, it, it just is what it is. Like, you, you know, we, you know, and even me, you know, I have private reserve. I have, you know, stuff that is just like my workhorse stuff that is good, but you know, I use a lot of it, so I'm not going to pay that much for it. But you, you know what you kind of get into Yeah. in a sense. Like I just, you know, I love what I love. I love my turp profiles, you know, my turp profiles change. You know, I just, I just love what I love. I really can't say that I have like a certain brand or anything like that. I, I just love, I love experience. I love flower. I love the plant. Yeah, you know, and that's one thing that's important, you know, and people are like, oh, we're going to grow this much cannabis, we're going to sell it for this much, and I'm like, okay, but, you know, you're not really selling an experience, you know, like, mm-hmm. I remember from Washington getting from Fat Panda a very terpy, yummy, a great experience from, you know, some jars, and I talk about it all the time. Why? Because it was an amazing customer experience, mm-hmm. you know, from the time I opened the jar to the time I put it in the pipe and smoked it, or even rolled a couple of joints and tried it that way. You know, I took a couple of dry hits, loved it the whole yes. way. And like, I know it's good cannabis because I can't hide it. I will hit it and I'll be in mid conversation. I'll say, this is good. Not even thinking about it. Because, yeah. Yeah, like, that's the ADHD. Yeah, that's the ADHD. <laughs> I wouldn't even think about it. And I'll be like, this shit's good. And like, you know, yeah. honesty will just come out. I'm like, it's good shit. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that's when you know it's good when it catches me off guard. And I'm like, that's good. That tastes good. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But exactly. that ADHD, you know, it, it makes me tell the truth. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, too, is that I will, I will also say too, you know, you know, you know, traditional market is still out there. Traditional market is also part of our culture. I think we all still kind of touch on, you know, that. You know, it is what it is. But you know, nowadays too, like, like you will get booth in like this flashy mylar, this flashy box of that. But I will say, I've had some really good derps that just came in a in a in, in a baggie that 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 looks sketch, but you know, it's good and it's quality. So it's 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 that experience, just how yeah. we talked about. Like, like people got to know exactly what they're what they're getting. You know, knowing you know when they're getting custodied and when they're you know when they actually do have you know some fire terps on their hands. Yeah, and yeah. also not to not to you know. You know, you know, where someone is like, I guess, in the community spectrum, I guess you say whether you're heady or not, you know, not necessarily knowing your place, but seeing who you're interacting with. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like everything, you know, everyone just has to kind of mingle with each other. You know, if you're heady, you're heady. You know, if you're if you know, if you're not heady, you're not heady. You know, it's you know, it's in, you know, quit jumping all over each other and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you know, let's just enjoy what we want to enjoy, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. You, know, and you just you essentially just want, you know, a good product, you know, mm-hmm. you know, something that just tastes good, looks good, you know, smokes good, you know, if something tastes good and looks good and it smokes like shit, that's not going to be enjoyable. No, it's not. <laughs> you know? um, recently I had um, a gentleman in Santa Fe, he smoked some of the Alamo cheese um, with me and, you know, he, he told me, he's like, oh, I don't really like cannabis, you know, it hurts my throat, this and that, you know, it's usually a bad experience. Well, it was a total different experience when you smoke some of the stuff that I had. And, you know, he was like, this tastes great. He says it's smooth. He said, you know, like, he said... It doesn't burn. He said, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, smoking anything kind of burns. He said, but like the stuff that my wife would have, it like burns. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like like burn burns. And I'm like, ugh. The thing that makes you go. Yeah. He was like, like, ugh. He was like, I'm not even like really coughing. He was, it's more of like a, 
you know, like a THC cough is what I call it, you know, essentially yeah. that's what he explained to me. And mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, yeah, like a THC cough. He's like, yeah, it's not like a cough like I'm hacking up my lung. He goes, this is great. And so he, he thanked me afterwards. And so oh, that's, yeah. that's like the difference between, you know, really great cannabis and subpar cannabis are just, you know, smoking to get high, you mm -hmm. know, the, the experience. And you know, so maybe some people like, like the experience of just getting high, you God, know what I mean? And, and your Alamo cheese is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I love Chad's Alamo cheese. <laughs> he does talk about it a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, we got a whole tent of it growing right now. So um, some more coming out that we'll get to try. Um, but yeah, but before we move on to the next topic, which is actually really important, what are some future plans that you have for yourself? I, I definitely want to do some traveling um, this year. Um, uh, don't 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 quote me quote me on this, but um, uh, a dear friend of mine, uh, Karina, who who you've had on this show too, yeah. um, she's uh, she mentioned the uh, the Emerald Cup and how I definitely have to go to the Emerald Cup, and that was that was a that was a um, a, a, a big like just eye opener and for some of you who don't know what the Emerald Cup is it's 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 the California Emerald Cup in the in the Emerald Triangle and that is one of the most pristine areas for just growing cannabis alone and it's it's and and everyone says it like if there's like a California cup that you that you want to go to it's the Emerald Cup and that's definitely what I want to do um, I definitely hear within the next few weeks or month, you know, a couple months, I want to go to up north. I want to go visit the, uh, the homies and all the friends in uh, ABQ, Santa Fe, all that. You know, I, 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 I get my hands on what I can hear from the, from, you know, the dispos and, you know, stuff. And, you know, I've talked to a lot of those people um, and I definitely want to go visit up there. Um, I want to go to Arizona as well. I want to go visit some glass blowers up there. You know, I have, I definitely have some stuff in mind. Um, it's just getting my ducks in a row right now <laughs> with, with, you know, getting myself set in the cannabis industry, what I'm doing now. And then I can start bringing that fire ass content that I want to do for sure. <laughs> nice. dude. I can't wait to see what you have in store for us and everything. So where can people find you online? Instagram, you know, website, maybe, mm -hmm. you know, YouTube. So right now it's just, it's just Instagram. Um, I, I've, I've touched on it a lot. I have ADHD. Um, I have done, uh, I have done, you know, you know, long, long format, um, uh, videography as well, like YouTube and stuff. Um, but for me and, you know, just for what I do, you know, making like the minute and a half, you know, kind of limited, you know, content is what I definitely like to do. Um, my mind is just a whirling wind of just chaos. So if I can fit that into a minute and a half, I'm down. <laughs> so right now, so, so so right now, it's just uh, it's just Instagram. Um, you can find me at at hash of underscore the holy, um, and I know it's dumb. <laughs> that's the only way IG would let me do it. But uh, but yeah, that's where people can find me right now. Is on Instagram. Cool. And you know, keep in mind, I do share some of his content. You know, sometimes you'll have really great remixes of the information I gave out, or you know, some really good information on his own. So you know, I will share it, especially when you tag me. You know, like I'll share it when you tag me. Uh, so, you know, look out for him on, you know, my page. If you guys follow it, of course, don't forget to follow mine, like, share, follow, all that good stuff. Um, so that way you don't miss any episodes or anything like that. So um, I really appreciate it, man. Um, thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to continuing this conversation because we've got a couple of good topics to talk about before we end the show today. Hell yeah, let's get into it, Chad. Heck yeah, man. So next conversation we're going to have is going to be talking about cannabis and children. Um, or the fact that some children are still, still getting access to cannabis. Um, because... Since the last four years, um, Poison Control has been getting about 300 calls um, total in the last four years about kids getting cannabis, mostly edibles. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, th that's, that's an issue, and that's actually alarming. 
Um, yes. That's not necessarily saying they're getting it from a dispensary. That's not saying they're, they're getting it from wherever. That's just the fact that kids are getting it and poison control is having to get called. You mm-hmm. know, there's no statistics saying that, oh, well, you see this where it's where it came from. It's like, no, it's just the kid got it. They don't really care where it got it from. They may ask him that, but that's not what's in the statistic. You know, like it's just that's what they usually report. Mm-hmm. Um, I've touched on this in the past a few times before. I've even spoken over at city council before about this issue, um, you know, because this is more or less a parental issue versus a dispensary state law rule issue Um, because after the product leaves the retail establishment there's nothing they can do other than doing their best to make sure it's childproof opaque and uh, to the state law um once you take it out the store it's it's on you to ensure that child doesn't have reach to it you know they can only do so much to make it unaccessible within whatever but you have to make sure it's out of their reach you know, and that's one thing that I've touched on before and I've said it many, many times that you just got to make sure that either your medicine or recreational cannabis just gets, you know, put away. It gets stored somewhere that can get locked. It can be hidden. Um, you know, you have just things with a lock, you know, go a long way. Even combination. I know the stoners, we don't really like to remember combinations, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> we can. <laughs> yeah, we can remember it. <laughs> but, you know, having some kind of safe, um, or a green safe, whatever, um, is, is a good idea, especially if I have kids around. If you know, I have nephews, you know, they don't, you know, get to come over to my house very often, but you know, when they do, I want to make sure that there's no cannabis around that they're going to get a reach to. And don't get me wrong, it's not on their radar, you know, they're not looking for it, but you mm-hmm. know, it's still it's something that I want to make sure and take the responsibility that you know, I take that extra step and it's not in the way where they can see it, you know. Yeah, um, so what is, what is your experience with this yourself, you know, with? kids is there maybe something in the family you've you know you know experienced before or maybe just personally you've heard I mean me personally I haven't had any any experiences with that myself um I have I have heard it you know my friends you know I think we're we're all at that age now holy crap we're all at that age now yeah, yeah. Where, <laughs> where we're like we're like even our friends you know are, are having kids and stuff and we're hearing these stories and you know and whatnot and you know we're 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 going to touch on it a little bit more too I'm pretty sure from what I read in the notes but like it's 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 definitely an issue right now, and it's being brought up because I think, and it's just me. I think it's because of the stigma still. Yeah. Um. I think like with pharmaceuticals out there that don't have you know you know um a um a child safe you know you know um containers or anything like that that can just be bought and over counter at CVS, Walmart, yeah. Walgreens, and stuff like that are equally if not da- more dangerous than cannabis and yeah. just how you said you know it is more of like a parental a parental you know you know you know aspect of it and it comes down to how i said for you know advocacy but you know just as a parent you know to like children it's just you know is 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 education you know knowing when a good time is to talk about cannabis knowing where your stuff is at all times you know for me you know i don't i don't i don't i don't you know, I don't, like I said, I don't have any children, you know, I'm in the same boat as you, you know, I'm an uncle, you know, I have nephews and stuff. Uncle of four. Um, <laughs> three. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, you know, I have, you know, I, I have an office, you know, you know, that's also my studio and stuff like that. But, you know, if I'm by myself, you know, my, you know, my, my medication, you know, will go around the house, but, you know, I am responsible enough to know, hey, you know, anyone can come in at any time. So it's going to go back into my office where I know where it's at and I know it's secured properly. Yeah. And that's, and that's what it basically comes down to is that type of stuff. You know, it's, it's, it's not cool that, you know, that, you know, a lot of, a lot of, you know, 
you know, representatives, you know, law enforcement are going based off of that when it's just an equal opportunity of, you know, kids getting into it as much as alcohol, as much as other drugs, you know, even, you know, pharmaceuticals, you know, even like some foods, you know, you know, you know, the parent, you know, a parent might know that a child has a certain food allergy, uh, but the kid doesn't because they're too young and yeah. that kid's just going to say, Hey, food, <laughs> legal or illegal, it's food, they're gonna eat yeah. it, and what's gonna happen? Yeah. They're gonna poison themselves. And we were all remember the, the D.A.R.E. program and stuff, it's like, oh, be careful, some of these, you know, over, you know, prescription drugs look like candy, you know, this and that, you know, yes, they look very exactly. similar, remember those? Yeah. yeah. And you know, they, they try to curb that with, you know, cannabis and, okay, I get it, you know, it shouldn't be like a gummy, so enticing, you know, like, you know, give me a square, or, you know, some people did dicks and boobs, um, but you know, like it's not supposed to be a kid friendly shape. No, it's not. <laughs> Those aren't kid friendly shapes. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah. That's how they got around it. Um, <laughs> that's how uh, they were created. <laughs> Is that where you're going with it? <laughs> oh, I said it. <laughs> you and him have a good old time right here. But you know, um, it, it really is. It goes down to, you know, the, the parenting and everything like that. Just mm -hmm. making sure that the kids can't reach to it. So um, I even got to cannabis in my teen years. You know, it wasn't in my, my youth, but, you know, we had access to it via mm -hmm. a dealer. You know, that's that's another concern. You know, dealers don't ID. You know, and I don't, I hate to, to bash the traditional market, but, you know, it is what it is. There are people yeah. in the traditional market who are, who are selling to kids. Mm -hmm. and it's just, it's always been that way. It's not going to change. Um, there's just people who have no morals. Um, so when it comes, when it comes to something like that, but you know, it, it's, it's really the dealers in the teen years are the ones who are, the kids are getting access from exactly. or a family member, you mm -hmm. know, a family member is usually the one that gets it for them or they take it from them or it's found mistakenly, whatever. It comes from a family member and it's not really coming. It doesn't come from the retail spots because you guys have gone in there. They ID you about three times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. You get ID'd a lot when you buy you, cannabis. You get ID'd at the door and then they need your ID too to log your purchase most of the time yeah. too. Yeah. See? Yeah. He knows exactly that, you know, the whole process working there. See, you, know, you, you got, you got it down. <laughs> <laughs> so here, I'll, I'll give you guys some tips here, you know, on, on what'll help, you know, like, and this is some of the stuff that other parents have told me before. This is something that even my own parents did when I was younger, or, you know, this is some stuff that my friends have tried with their own kids, you know, and, and the first one it starts with having a conversation with your kids. Um, yes. It starts with talking with your kids. What is cannabis? What it is to you? You know, like a lot of parents kind of talk to the kids about alcohol, which I kind of feel none of them talk to them about it much at all or enough. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. and I kind of feel that needs to change too. Because it uh, it's almost taboo that, you know, we talk to our kids about the dangers of alcohol, this and that. You know, my parents tried to, you know, warn us as much as, you know, they could when we were younger. You know, but, you know, when it comes down to it, sometimes you have to learn the, the hard way. Exactly. Um, you know, we can teach people all they want, but certain ones, <laughs> they just want to learn the hard way. Mm -hmm. But... The most you can do is at least try, you know, educate yes. them, you know, sit them down, you know, tell them, you know, what it is, you know, the, the, the history of it. Don't try to demonize it and dare program them, you exactly. know, like they did to us in the 90s, you know, because then they're going to retaliate against you because they were lied to. Don't yes. lie to them. Kids are smart. Mm -hmm. you know, and I think adults, we forget that a lot of the times that these kids and we forget when we were kids, we really weren't that dumb. You know, like we figured out a lot of things early, you know, like we were dumb. 
But we figured certain things out that certain adults were like, oh, well, how'd you figure that out? And you're like, well, I'm just a, I'm just a tiny human. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, like I have a brain. Internet. <laughs> yeah, 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 internet at the time. So, but yeah, I mean, what are some, maybe some tips that you can think of that you can give? You hit it right on the head. Like it's, it's just from, from, you know, that, 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 that having those conversations. I mean, I can, I can give like a, a, a definite, you know, you know, example, you know, for, for, for how I was kind of raised um, with, with my parents. It wasn't, it wasn't necessarily with cannabis. But you know, it was it was it was it was with alcohol, and I, I am in no way um, um, uh, comparing cannabis to alcohol because it's not. But I would say the way that my parents educated me with alcohol was pretty on par with if I ever have kids, if I ever do, I would want to educate them, and that was with like like with just being involved with it at a uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for um, a. Uh, um, uh, a certain age, I guess yeah. you could say. Um, I'm, a lot of people, you know, might not know this, but you know, in the state of Texas, a child—okay, well, I'll say child—but like an underaged, you know, person. You know, I would say, you know, I started going, you doing this when I was about 14, 15. But in the state of Texas, a uh, a child can go into a bar essentially with a parent or legal guardian. And if that guardian purchases an alcoholic beverage and gives it to the child, that child is now legally uh, uh, able to drink that beverage. And you know, my parents growing up, uh, you know, you know, they were, you know, they 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 loved, you know, that the nightlife and stuff like that. You know, you know, my parents, you know, were big into country dancing. You know, once again, song called Cowboy. Um, uh, but you know, that, 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 that's how, that's how I kind of grew up. You know, you know, I started going to bars, you know, with my, with my, with my parents when I was about 14, 15, you know, my mom would take me onto the, onto the, onto the dance floor, taught me how to dance country. My dad taught me how to shoot pool. Um, and you know, I love doing that. So by the time when I was like 20, 21, it wasn't this taboo thing. Oh, I'm going to go out with my friends, stuff like that. Like I, I was at that time, I already knew what my limit was, mm -hmm. how different alcohols react and stuff like that. And my parents weren't just like shoving down alcohol down my throat. It wasn't like that at all. It was getting used to that kind of aspect and, you know, and that kind of community, that nightlife, you know, knowing what to expect. And, you know, as I started growing up, you know, driving and stuff like that, you know, you know, I haven't been arrested for, you know, DWI or anything like that because I was educated about it. Yeah. And, you know, it was, it was just, you know, as I was going to bars with my parents, you know, all my friends were going out to these house parties, were doing all these things. And I hear, oh, did you hear that they got raided? Oh, they almost arrested this person. Oh, this person, you know, got messed up. Oh, this person's not coming to school today because, you know, he's not feeling good. Alcohol poisoning, all this stuff. And it's, it's because, you know, you know, it's there, you know, you're shadowing, you know, kids from this and, you know, kids are going to be kids, you know, you know, they're going to find stuff on the internet. They're going to get They're, they're going to get a hold of stuff. You know, I was a teenager, you know, you know, I remember going off school, you know, going to my dealer and picking up, you know, you know, stuff, you know, that's, that's just how it, you know, you know, just how it was, but it's just knowing that, that you have to educate and you have to, you know, have those conversations with your kids, especially if you're the one doing it as yeah. well. Like it's almost your responsibility. You know, exactly. Because you're deciding to do this and bring the, that substance around the child that, mm -hmm. you know, it's up to you to explain to them what's going on, what it is, and that it's not for them. You exactly. Know, just how, 
you know, there's a certain time where they have to take, you know, the, maybe their baby medicine or something at some point. You explain to them, this is my medicine. There's a certain time where I take it, you know. Exactly. Maybe that's a good way to start out, mm -hmm. you know, or, you know, start with, you know, they have children's books actually now where you can talk to your kids about it. So, you know, look on Amazon. There might be, you know, a good book to read the kid and kind of get them used to it and get them used to it. I think yeah. I remember years ago there was a really good book. I, you know, I went through an article that kind of went through what the book talked about and they talked to the um, author and that was actually really cool. Um, yeah. You know, it's really breaking the stigma, especially when it comes to the parents, you mm -hmm. know, because that's a huge thing because I just don't think parents talk to their children enough about drugs and alcohol. And even, mm -hmm. even my parents didn't, you know, you know, and I'll get to a story of what happened when I got caught. But, you know, even my parents to a certain point didn't, you know, nail it on the head because it was just still, still taboo. Mm -hmm. You know, even in the early 2000s, it was still taboo, you know, yeah. because there's a lot of legal ramifications that come from it. And they just didn't want us to go down that route. And I think they're just trying to guard us from whatever way. If we don't know about it, we can't do it. Right. Yes. Um, but that doesn't always work because kids at school do it and they tell you about it, you know. And mm -hmm. so that, that's what happens. And, you know, I think my mom learned that when she became a teacher herself. She was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. you know, she really saw it. my dad saw it, but, you know, not really her um, so another good uh, some more good advice would be you know if you go into the New Mexico Department of Health website they actually have a lot of good pamphlets now and flyers and stuff that like really good information you can print it out put it on the fridge um, you know some informational stuff I think there's some stuff for kids too and parents mm -hmm. so if you want to put like print that out and put it on the fridge so that way they understand and they get a, a constant reminder you know or maybe if you even have a sign on the fridge you know whatever it is or maybe you have a little lock box to keep your edibles in inside of the fridge, you know, like whatever you have to do, do it, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but, you know, stuff like that for educational reasons or if you don't know, that helps a lot because they're, they're using factual stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've shared the Department of Health's um, flyers before and, you know, they're actually very helpful. And some people from other states have been like, dude, I'm saving this. This is great. <laughs> you know, or like, you know, it's like a little clever and funny, but also informal. And then I'm like. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I didn't make it, but you know, I'm I'm glad they're making this. Oh, yeah. So you know, I'm, I'm glad that the Department of Health kind of stepped in and um and did that because you know it's it's not you know recommended to use cannabis until like you're in your like mid twenties anyway. You know, exactly. so like kids really shouldn't be using cannabis to start out with. Mm -hmm. um, I used it you know briefly when I was like 14. I didn't start using it again for another 10 years. You know, when I was 24 and when I got out the army. Um, and so uh, there's. You know, my, my brain had time to mature, you know, so I'm not too sure if that was good, whatever. But, you know, it is recommended that even at 21, it's still a little too young to use cannabis because they recommend that your brain should be fully mature mm -hmm. to use cannabis, you know, or, or any substance really. Um, medicinal yeah. purposes are differently, of course. You know, if your, your doctor, you know, agrees that you would benefit, benefit from it, you know, the, the risk outweighs the reward. Um, you know, that's, that's totally different. And that's a conversation that you have with your doctor. That's nothing that I can do or anybody else. Um, and I recommend you do that. Um, so, but yeah, there's, there's also that, that you want to remind your kids that, you know, it's not recommended until you're adult anyway, just like any substance. And that's something that I think adults don't really tell kids sometimes like, well, it's just not recommended, you know, like mm -hmm. for, you know, your age. You know, because they, they just don't know. I mean, I was a dumb kid once, too. <laughs> um, you know, another way is, you know, mark your edibles, mark your stuff, mom and dad only or adult only or do yes. not eat, whatever. You know, mm -hmm. it should be locked away, but if whatever, at least mark it, you know. Putting it on high shelves, even that, like. Yes, yes, you know, and, and that can fail sometimes, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, just, you know, get creative with it, you know. Just make sure that your kids understand what that is because you don't want them getting into prescription pills. You don't want them getting into your medical cannabis. You don't want them getting into your alcohol because, you know, mm -hmm. from 
what my parents have told me from their experience of teachers, the real issue was alcohol, as you were saying before. Yeah. You know, they they encountered kids bringing alcohol to school more than they did oh, yeah. with cannabis or any other substance. Yeah. You know, and I remember that in middle school and high school too. I remember Sprite bottles, mm-hmm. Sonic cups, Monster cans. Like, yep. and, and and the thing is too is that I remember when I was in uh, I was in high school too. Like Monster, we've all seen these where it's those tall boys, but they have the twistable cap on them. Yeah. We weren't even allowed those anymore, really? like for monster cans, because it was always like vodka Red Bull, you know, mm-hmm. monster and this. You know, 99 bananas. 99 <laughs> bananas. Y'all are sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> for real, I guess. Because we yeah. tried it too, and I'm sure the teachers tried that when they were younger. Because mm-hmm. you have to remember, you know, don't think for one second that your kid isn't going to try to do what you did. They're half of you. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And even my <laughs> nephews, one of them is almost just like me, and he's my nephew. You know, so there's that. And like, it's scary how, you know, how DNA works like that. Exactly. So don't think for one second that they're not going to do what you did because Mm -hmm. they're half of you and they might mess up even worse. But at least what you can do is warn them that, hey, I did the same thing. Not a good idea because of this. And you know what? Sometimes that works when you you let them know that, hey, I burnt my hand on the stove like that Mm -hmm. once too. You probably shouldn't do it. You know, like here's a scar. (laughs) And I'm going to out myself uh, uh, and, and, and stuff like that. But... My parents were strict as hell on me, and I learned how to be shifty as much as possible. So, I'm just going to say that. So if I'm saying that as a 31-year-old sitting here, your kids are doing it too. Yeah. So being just strict doesn't it. always mean that they're, they're behaving. Yeah, exactly. So that, that it's education. Yeah. It's letting them, it's telling them how it is. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, my mom you know, sat me down and told me, son, I was only worried about you using cannabis because one, you're a brown man. You know, and the, especially where I'm from, the treat the police do treat you differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two, the legality of it. She's I just didn't want you to get tied up in the the legal stuff that comes with it. Mm-hmm. And you know, what? then I understood. I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, you could have just told me that before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, because remember, as a parent, you are a teacher. You teach your child things all the time. You teach mm-hmm. them how to eat. You teach them how to wipe their butt. You teach them how to wipe their face. You know, you're teaching them how to be a person and the person that you want them to be. So that continues even with the substances that you use, be it whatever. You are going to have to teach them. And to be honest, you can use the internet for ideas. There might be people on YouTube who are parents who give you this, these ideas like this. You know, mm-hmm. I can only give you so much from my perspective, but there could be a parent out there who's done a lot. You know, and, and you know, uh, most can write a book on you know the stuff they do for cannabis because they care so much and they care so much to share. So look for those people. You know, I didn't even think to look for them before the show. I can't recommend anybody um, and a channel. My bad, but you know, I'm sure there's there's some out there. Um, do you happen to know anybody like off the top of your head or anything? I do, but I honestly can't think think right off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing that I would say though too is that is that also like 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 adding to that there there are a lot of different like stash things that you can find like even like just on Instagram too like different uh, different influencers and stuff like that. I think I want to start doing that too. Is <laughs> is is just finding like these different like like different ways of doing stash jars that way you can even just like just like hide it from like your children that maybe aren't even um, like I said, old enough to even understand what the education that are being told. Yeah. So it's it's even like so towards that too. But there are a lot of even you know parents that 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 totally. You know what? I'm dumb. Um, the dope moms of the Southwest. Ah, oh, there we go. There, yeah, Maribel and all yeah. them. Wow, yeah. wow. Dope yeah, moms of the Southwest. Do do a lot of good stuff. Shout out to y'all. You know, I feel. Um, so- Honeys, I am so sorry. <laughs> I, I totally forgot. Yeah, the Dope Moms of the Southwest. So, so Dope Moms of the Southwest, 
you know, they have a lot of education, you know, not just for, you know, mothers that, you know, either, you know, maybe going into parenthood or, you know, um, you know, that are, you know, want to start cannabis now, even, you know, with children and stuff, they will have that, uh, that information too. I know you guys already thinking it, Chad, you should have them on the show. I'm working on it. (laughs) 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 They're cool ladies. You know, they'll be on, um, I'm just, uh, actually I think I might have them booked at some point, but I am going to try to get them on at some point. I have to check my schedule. I'm booked until June. So there's a lot of episodes in between now and June. Um, I might have one of them in there, I think. But if not, I'm gonna try to get them in anyway because awesome. you know it'd be a great idea to you know bring in parents actually that can you know give this because you know I'm just giving you know advice that I was told from other people um, mm-hmm. that was shared with me. Some of it came from online and just different different places. But you know maybe they have a solution that I don't think of because I'm not in that situation. Yeah. You know when you're in the situation, boots on the ground, you have to come up with some weird ass solutions. Yes. You know, like that's where you know hundred mile prior tape or duct tape came from you know, the military and trying to figure out a solution in a very short amount of time. Yes. Um, so sometimes the best things come from that. And, you know, they could have some really great um, ideas and everything. So if I haven't asked yet, ladies, I'm sorry. I do want you on the show. So here soon, maybe we can get you on. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to give you guys a quick example of what my dad did. Um, so as you guys know, my dad was in the Air Force. He did about 11 years. Um, he made it all the way to Staff Sergeant in the Air Force. And so by the time I, I was a teenager, he had been out for over a decade. And um, I got caught smoking weed. And uh, he was one of the ones who caught me, um, fair enough. And I got punished for it. I wasn't allowed to see my friends. I wasn't allowed to watch TV. And I wasn't allowed to use the, use the phone. At the time, there was, you know, there was none of the cell phone thing that we got now. <laughs> um, it was just you know, cordless phones. We had cordless, you know, at least. So I wasn't allowed to use the house phone or anything to talk to my friends or anything like that or you know, whatever. Um, so all I could do was read books and do labor work. And so one of the, the tasks that he had me do was there is a speed limit sign and the speed limit sign wasn't on the fence line, you know, where it separates the properties. It was more on our side. And my dad was like, I kind of don't like that. I want to move it. So <laughs> in very military fashion, my dad takes me outside and tells me, no such matter what I'm doing at all that day. And he has the shovels and everything. What the hell's going on? He said, you see that speed limit sign? I'm like, yeah. He said, I want you to move it about eight feet. <laughs> eight feet doesn't seem a lot until you dig out a speed limit sign and realize that there's concrete down there. Um... So I'm sitting here and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of mad at myself because like, damn, I put myself in this situation. Now I'm getting really punished. And, you know, I'm about 14, 15, you know, I'm a teenager, you know, I got the energy and the strength. So I'm sitting there pickaxing away, shoveling, and this cop comes by and I thought I, he was my savior. Oh no. Um, so he comes by, he like stops and he looks at, you know, he rolls the window down. What are you guys doing? My dad goes over and tells him, caught my son smoking pot. So I'm, uh, I'm punishing him, making him move that stop sign about eight feet. And he goes, oh. Okay, well, just don't get hurt. He just drives off. <laughs> I was like, <gasps> that, cop could have, that cop could have been like city ordinance. You can't yeah. move it. Nope. But he was like, nope. <laughs> he said, be safe. And just drove off. Gave no fucks. I like, I like how you said before, like he said, he said when, when I was caught and I was grounded, the only things that I could do was read and do work. That just sounds like the most military thing ever. I feel like that's like what a lot of people do in the military as it is. It's either you're reading or you're working. There's nothing else. Or working out. There's a lot of working out. It's like being in prison. You know, you work out a lot. Is that uh, work though? I think yeah. that's work. See, I don't do ups, sit-ups, pull-ups, chin-ups. I don't do any. I do downs. I sit down, lay down, give me a cheeseburger, I'll woof it down. Like, like working out is work to me too. Like, no, I'm no. just going to say it. I don't work out like I do to the military because that was just <laughs> weird. <laughs> that was a weird um, way to work out. Um, don't get me wrong. There's a few things that I still take today. It's like my, my push-up form. 
Immaculate. <laughs> no, I will say that. I got in a lot of trouble in the military, so my push-up form is immaculate. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so he made me do that, so I ended up moving. And to this day, that speed limit sign is still there. And actually, a drunk cop, you know, funny, um, <laughs> about five years ago, actually hit that speed limit sign while he was drunk in his squad car still from the night before. Oh, God. Um, the city came and fixed it. And I was like... <laughs> they didn't even know that that thing shouldn't even be where it's at right now. They put it exactly where I had put it, you know, like almost 20 years before. Um, so that sign is still there, and it's because I got caught smoking weed. Did they um, make him put it back up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my dad made them put it back up. <laughs> no, I mean, it's a city, city property, so they had to put it back up anyway. But yeah, they had that up pretty quick. Um, you know, it's a speed limit sign, so... But yeah, there's something that my dad did. Do you have to do that? No. It's just an example of what my parents did. And to be honest, I didn't smoke weed or want to smoke weed, you know, until I was an adult again. And the fact that my mom had that conversation with me, it's mm -hmm. like, look, Mijo, you know, I just, you know, you're, I just don't want you to get caught up in the legal system. You know what? That's fair. You know, yeah. and when she told me that, I was like, all right, cool. I get it. And then once I became an adult, I was like, well, let's legalize this shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like like my my dad was 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 he 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 never ever caught me smoking. My mom, I did I did most of my smoking with, you know, I did like growing up. Yeah. Um uh I, I my mom educated me on it too. Like I, I even showed you, like like my 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 mom was dope. Um, my mom loved, loved doing plaster and stuff like that. She made lamps and stuff. My, I showed you the little porcelain bubbler. My yeah, mom you did yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah. My mom made that bubbler and stuff. And you know, and, and my mom was was the same way. You know, you know, I only smoked what what she had, which was not good stuff. But anyways, <laughs> um, like like I I did what I could, and it was kind of like that same thing. Like like you know, I don't want you caught up in the legal stuff, you know, and whatnot, which is very very true. I mean, as it is. Texas is still very, very. I don't want to get caught up there with that. Oh God! Like it's 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 scary. I'm not gonna lie. Not but, even a but, pin down there. Yeah, and <laughs> but you know you know I know what I'm getting myself into. You know I think we all do. But you know that's why I'm also advocating because it shouldn't be illegal. Yeah. Like it's it's. It's dumb. It's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So, and then now I've noticed that the, with the psilocybin push, it doesn't have the same stigma as cannabis does. And to be honest, the the radio host show with the radio host today when I was on the interview, he told me something I didn't even think about. You know, I know this information, but I didn't correlate them together. He said, "Yeah, you know, look at the history of it. You know, it has such a stigma, all the negative stuff that was said about it. It just wasn't the same as psilocybin." I was mm -hmm. like, "You know, you're 100% correct." You know, like I'm, all this information I have, you know, I didn't put those two together, but yeah, you know, and, and the reason why I guess I said for some reason <clears throat> there's still a stigma is because I feel like there should be less of a stigma now than there was back yes. then, but there's still some of the same stigma and that's really bothersome. Um, but luckily things are slowly changing. You know, it's mm -hmm. only been, you know, three years since we passed, you know, adult use and, you know, about two years since we have adult sales. And so, you know, it's still pretty young, you know, we haven't yeah. even met the, hit the five year, you know, honeymoon mark, you know, of us, you know, becoming more of a stable industry and everything. So, you know, we still have a long way to go. You know, we're only yes. two years in the, the, you know, sales and everything. So, but that's all I have for, you know, the, the tips and everything for the, for the kids getting cannabis. It's an unfortunate thing, but parents, please just be a little bit more mindful about where your cannabis is, where you store it and how much access your kids have it. And also... Don't think for one second that your kid isn't your kid. <laughs> yeah, and 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 number one thing too that I will add as as like you know living in a still illegal state and advocating for it, these type of things too is just ammo for a lot of these um, a lot of lawmakers, a lot of you know people in office and stuff. And and the thing is too is that if you, if if you're watching this in an illegal state 
and you want your state to legalize and you just, you, you know, the way things are supposed to be, these type of things don't help straight up. Like the more ammo, the more fire or the more gas that we throw on the fire, the worse it's going to be. So don't be a part of the problem. Be a part of the solution, please. 100%. The best thing that I can say. Yeah. Because they can only make so many laws before it just becomes really stupid. You know, mm -hmm. please don't let it get that way just because of the fact you don't, you know, think it's an issue or it will be. So, um, but anyway, um, I thank you guys for that. And like I said, this is just some tips, you know, from us and everything from our experience, from what we've been told from other people's experiences like that. Um, if you have some tips yourself, share them with me. That'd be great. You know, I'd love to share it with other people. Like I said, I'd love to have the dope bombs on it sometime and maybe get the, you know, the actual parental um aspect because they do push a lot for you know ensuring kids yes. don't have access to cannabis and you know blah 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 so but anyway we're going to go on to the last topic and we'll try to go through this really quick because this is actually a really interesting and important topic um because there's a lot of people in the state and actually there's a lot of businesses going out of business here in the state and there's a lot of retail shops starting to shut down in the state we're starting to see that bubble really take hold and the ones that are really starting to fill it um surprisingly are the mso's you know, the, the multi-state operators or the really big cannabis companies that, you know, came from out of state here in, here in New Mexico. Um, we have a few of them here ourselves. You know, they're all over the nation. Um, you know, and to be honest, they have been, well, the industry itself, the customer base has been shifting away from that big corporate kind of cannabis thing because of the quality. Yes. Or the lack of. Yes. The lack thereof, which I'm happy for. I'm glad. You know, because that's what this was supposed to be. We open it up. Whoever has the best quality, best cannabis, best business wins. You know, if you start to lose, it might be because quality or whatever else. And we'll talk about, you know, some of the reasons why some of these places are failing um, and how you can actually look for yourself. So here's like a little, you know, like a little Bill Nye scientific thing you can do at home. <laughs> um, so uh, <laughs> so um, here's another thing. So another reason why I'm saying that this is starting to happen to the big guys, because if you look at the cannabis stock market, which is only based in, in Canada, um, Aurora stocks, they dropped 11% to $3.47. So, and it looks like that might drop again. And that just happened yesterday at the time of recording because this is going to come out on Thursday. Today's actually my birthday that we're recording this. So by the time it comes out, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Appreciate it. All right, party's over. Um, so uh, yeah, Aurora Cannabis, their shares plummeted. And, you know, it's kind of the same for most of the other stocks that, you know, are on the cannabis side for the big companies. You know, we don't have that in America because cannabis is legal, illegal federally. So we can't put cannabis on the stock market like that. There's like little workarounds, of course, but you know, like the way they have it in Canada, we can't do that. Um, and that's in another country. However, Canada is showing signs of shifting away from big corporate cannabis to craft cannabis too. And I've talked about this many times. I'm going to kick this horse till it's dust. Um, so they have shut down a lot of greenhouses in Canada. Um, the big ones, the, the hundred thousand square foot, whatever. Um, they're shutting them down because they couldn't make money because they couldn't control the quality. The quality is in craft cannabis, and that's actually where they're starting to see their customer base go to. They shifted towards craft cannabis, kind of how people shifted from, you know, Coors Bud Light to craft beer. Yep. You know, and I hate to compare that, but that's literally what's happening. Yeah. Um, so, unfortunately, a couple of big shops. One is Ultra Health. They closed down in Santa Fe. Um, it's sad to see, but they've been around since medical. They've been yeah. one of the big guys. They were technically an MSO because he came from Arizona from it initially. Um, and the, the real name of the company, I think, is uh, Top Organics, I think, because Ultra Health was the management company back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, they've been known to call themselves Walmart or Weed. And so that tells you right there that, you know, they, they want to have a product that sells fast and cheap, mm -hmm. you know, and 
when it comes to cannabis, that's not necessarily always going to work. No. You know, you have another MSO here in the state, you know, Swansea. They own our Greenleaf and they also own um, Everest. Mm -hmm. Same thing happened with them. And here, here comes the scientific part where you all at home can do this with me. So if you go to the New Mexico um, CCD website, they have a tracking link. And Gina, I'll get you that link so you can put it at the bottom. I'll get you guys that link so that way you all can check for yourself. So what you're going to do is you're going to go to your respective city and you're going to go to your favorite dispensary. Whatever it is, it doesn't even have to be. It could be the competitor. Look at their sales. If their sales have done this and continue to do this and keep going down, that means that they're not doing well for a few factors. And actually, Adrian, I'll let you tell me, what, what are a few factors that you kind of think that these places are facing that are you know, seeing decrease in sales, like heavy decrease? The, the number one thing I will, and I'm, and I'm gonna say it again, education. Yes. Um, <clears throat> there are a lot of people, and this is another thing where, where it, it sucks, is, is especially with, with MSOs, you know, there are people that are jumping into the industry that should not be in this industry. You know, they walk into, you know, a, disp uh, a dispensary and they see these edibles, they see these pre-rolls, um, they see this flashy, you know, glass jar, you know, with this really nice font on it. And they say, oh, well, that's in that shop. I'm going to have it in mine. Yeah. And that's what they go based off of. And this is coming from a person who has probably never smoked weed in their life. You know, and that's just plain and simple the way it is. You know, you know, it's kind of like monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. You know, they're not really trying the, the product itself. You know, they're not, they're, they're really not getting into why certain things are the way they are. Like, like, like one company that, 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 that I see a lot of, but it sells a lot of, and I'm just going to say is wild mm. because wild is multi-state as well, but they have done the, the, the education in their product to get out exactly what is going to sell but for the reason of why it's going to sell it's got good quality you know you know you know wild you know they 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 have you know just thc gummies they have you know the different you know they have like the full spectrums they have the 20 to ones and stuff like that but you know if someone doesn't know how to sell that and just has wild just because it's wild and not tell a customer about why they're selling it then they're going to be stuck with their with their product. Yeah, plain and simple. Because there are a couple of MSOs in the state that are doing well. Mm -hmm. The great example is Top Crop Dark Matter. That's an MSO from yes. Oregon, doing fantastic. They make over a million dollars a month in Sunland Park. They make over three hundred thousand to two hundred thousand dollars a month here in Las Cruces, and they're they're just killing it. Mm -hmm. And it's because they have quality. They have exactly. customer service. They treat their employees well. Their turnaround isn't as crazy as these other places where they exactly. have a new employee every week where they can't figure out the system or anything and then they make them sign a non-compete and then you know the, the competition water gets mm -hmm. gets thinned out. You know, so it, it's just a, a lot of things go into it. So there is a way that you can do it as an MSO. It's just the ones that we have here the majority of the time are taking the Walmart route. When Walmart yes. is used to selling yeah. School supplies, food, medicine, and you know, um, knockoff sneakers. You know, mm -hmm. like that's not what the cannabis industry is. It's something that is made by a certain amount of people and then sold out that way. You know, it's just the model, the Walmart model doesn't necessarily work with us no. because the customer base, after a while, shifts and changes. So if you set your your grow up just to cater to the penny pincher. You know, that the person who's just trying to save a, a buck, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to lose after a while because those penny pinchers, they will spend money on good cannabis eventually once they yes. find it out and discover it. Yep. You know, mm -hmm. they'll figure it out, you know, because we've all know that person like, man, I used to smoke this trash weed because it was cheap and affordable, but I just can't do it anymore. You know, exactly. like whatever, whatever the case may be, you know, um, another thing that I've seen is, you know, customer experience. 
you know, a lot of these places, they don't have any customer experience whatsoever. You walk in, the walls are bare. You felt like you walked into a dispensary in Colorado because of the security. I don't know why people are doing it exactly like other states because, you know, you can think outside the box here in New Mexico. Yeah. Um, you know, you just, you feel like, you don't feel like it's catered, you know, like a catered experience. You know, mm -hmm. you just feel like it's, you know, copy paste, you know, put it here. We did this <laughs> exactly. from this place because it worked there. You did it from that place and that place did that because that's how they have to do it. Yes. You know, a lot of these places are only set up that way because that is what they had to do per law. Mm -hmm. You know, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to do it here in New Mexico. Our laws are totally different here. You know, yes. we're one of, the, one of the only states that have consumption lodges and drive throughs for God's sakes. Yeah. You know, so, you know, that, that's something that we saved by the hair of our chinny chin chin this year. Um, you know, customer experience comes with customer service. You know, and exactly. some of these places that aren't doing well, their customer service, oh my God, sucks. Um, it is like the worst. It's like dealing with government employees, um, you know, and it's, it's, it's kind of sad to see because instead of seeing them as a customer, or as a patient, they see them as a window shopper. You know exactly. what I mean? And, or they tell them that like, oh, you're a window shopper, mm -hmm. get out of my shop. Like, I'm not going to go back to that place. And I'm definitely not going to recommend that to any other place because there's this magical thing nowadays called reviews. You know, yes. and some of the reviews. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and people can make reviews. And if you have a negative review, it affects your business. Mm -hmm. Now, what some of these owners are doing that doesn't help is they're arguing with the people in the reviews and they're starting to attack people, which yes. makes it look even worse. So, you and know, even sending assistant assist letters when, when they feel when someone calls out their product that it's bad or their customer service is bad. And so instead of looking at the problem themselves, they're sending cease and assist and asking people to apologize. For for them having really crappy quality. Yeah, and, and you're not going to get anywhere by gaslighting your customer base because um, the customer base doesn't have to go to you. Um, the customer base doesn't have to buy from you. And the customer base, sure shit, can go somewhere else. You know, exactly. And they do a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. You know, there's many other places to choose from here. And that's just, you know, part of the learning curve, you know, that we have here. In some places, they figured it out early. Some places are starting to figure it out. Yep. You know, in some places, they will never figure it out. And they're the ones who deserve to be out of the industry, yes. unfortunately. You know, I don't want anybody to lose their livelihood, but that's the risk that we all took when we signed up to do this. You know what I mean? They, you know there's a risk of failing. You know there's a possibility of making it. Mm -hmm. You know, it just depends how you do it. If you want to do it your way, do it your way. If you want to do it someone else's way, that's by all means. But... There is a way that it's starting to work and there's a certain way that it's not working. And it looks like the MSO style just is not working here in New Mexico. Mm -mm. Um, we can't really blame oversaturation for everything. I thank oversaturation for showing these issues and bringing them to light and to showing us where the quality is and where the quality is lacking. Because if you look at the sales, the sales don't lie. There's not selling because like, oh, there's just too much weed. It's like, no, there's just an overabundance of weed that you can choose. Now, don't get me wrong. We have the issue of out-of-state cannabis. I feel once we get that issue tackled and those people out of the industry, we're going to start seeing more of a stable market. Yes. You know, because we can't stabilize our market if we're being undercut by the traditional market still. You exactly, know, because, yeah. you know, that, that, that doesn't work. Uh -huh. So once we get that fixed, I think our market's going to get a little more stable. And yeah. those people that are doing it wrong, selling out-of-state cannabis, terrible customer service, whatever, all of the above, they're going to get out of the industry. Um, thank God because then we're gonna be stuck at the end of the day with the people who are great. Because during the medical days, we had very few dispensaries and they could essentially do what they wanted because exactly. who, where else are you gonna go? And at that point, like a lot of times, they could only, they could only, you, you could only get what they could offer mm -hmm. in a sense, which was very limited. And at that point, you don't even know the quality of that stuff as it was. Yeah. Like, so, so at that point, either medical or traditional, your quality is up in the air. Yeah. So, 100%. Yeah. You know, it was, it was, it's, it's, it's a lose, lose situation at that same time. Yeah. 
And in New Mexico, you have the option to do prepackaged or deli style. I mean, yeah. not many states give you the option, you know? So, like, there's just so many options in New Mexico, you know, and we're just so early that it's going to happen. And people mm -hmm. that, you know, don't do it right, they're, they're losing out. And it's people, some, some of them have been here a very long time. That's unfortunate, but, you know, they didn't see the trends and they didn't want to change, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, you know, just charge a little bit more for more better quality. Exactly. You know? And, and, and it's funny that you also mentioned, you know, prepack or deli style because there's, there's, there's even a lot of, or even some, I won't say a lot, but some dispensaries that are even doing both yep. where they do have, you know, the prepack, you know, for a certain price, you know, your ore course, and then they do have the, the higher end, you know, boutique cannabis for deli style. So, so you can get a little bit of each to start seeing where your stuff is at. And that even, even opens up even more, uh, um, uh, uh, opportunity for someone who is, you know, that budget shopper that wants to get into, you know, higher end or even like me where, you know, I love higher end stuff, but you know, I am, you know, I am using, you know, cannabis for medicinal purposes as well. So I still need a workhorse at the same time, yeah. you know, and that's okay. So that it's, it's just stuff like that from a legal standpoint and, and doing that, that's really, really going to help too. Yeah. 100%. No, I agree. That's a good point there. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and another thing I wanted to talk about is um, some of you guys are creating disgruntled employees like a freaking yes. factory. And that's yes. one thing that isn't helping anybody. When you create a disgruntled employee, they're not buying to anything to not tell people how it went. You know, even if they sign an NDA, some of those aren't even legally binding. Um, you know, like you have to kind of pick your choose your battles there. You know, if you don't treat people correctly, they're going to tell their friends how it went. Those friends are consumers. Those friends work in the industry. Those friends do whatever. And they tell other people and it goes on and on and on. It's not just the reviews. So when you treat employees like dog shit and you treat them not like a person, you want to steal their tips. You want to <laughs> threaten them for, you know, trying to bring up an issue. And, you know, now you're under a lawsuit for whistle, you know, breaking whistleblower laws because those do exist. You can't just fire somebody because they brought up an issue. Um, you know, that there, there is a way to do certain things in this state. It is an at-will state, but there still are laws that go around that. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, when you do things like that, those employees talk. Just like yeah. customers talk, employees talk to each other. You yeah. don't think for one second that the competitor of this company that has bud tenders isn't, the, they're not friends and talking to each other. Like, they exactly. talk to each other all the time. <laughs> like, this isn't, I don't know what some of these people think is going on, but employees do talk to each other. And you guys aren't doing yourself any favors by treating people like crap, paying them like crap, or <laughs> stealing their money. Yeah, because um, it's going to get to a point where no one's going to want to sell you weed anymore. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> some people wonder why. It's probably because you treat your employees like total shit, exactly. and they knew too much, and you know, now they don't want to mess with anybody. So, but these are just you know some of the tips that I have, some of the you know opinions, and some of the stuff that I've seen from other state. You know, through research, you know, analyzing things. Um, and you know, you maybe you could save your business by, you know, having a little bit of something for everybody instead of just trying to f look for the person that's finding the cheapest stuff because the person buying cheap today might buy expensive tomorrow. It's exactly. never going to be the same. So mm -hmm. keep that in mind. It's a never changing industry and you got to keep up with the trends. Yep. So yeah. anyway, buddy, I really appreciate you joining me today. Thanks for having it's me, Chad. Great time. I can't wait to have you on again. We can do an update and it's been a great episode on this and you know, um, you did I had a, a great lot job. of fun. Yeah, yeah, you did a great job. <laughs> Thank you. Um, oh, real quick before we go, Connecticut gets their very first drive-through, so we'll get some really? data from them to see how it goes. So nice. I got a buddy in Connecticut, and I was talking to him about it, so I'm gonna see how it goes. But anyway, I wanted to give that. Make sure you guys like, follow, subscribe, whatever you got to do to ensure you don't miss an update. I'll see you guys next week. All right, shoots.